Good morning, everyone. It's Christmas Eve, and uh, I want to bring you a message of hope and of blessing and of real joy, because the coming of the Lord Jesus is just that for you and me. The birth of Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 2 and eight and 9 to 11. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. The star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding joy, great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. My main consideration today is that of the gifts given by these men. But before we do that, perhaps we should think firstly about who they were that brought the gifts. It doesn't say they were kings, even though some of the carols identify them as such. It says that they were wise men, or magi, from the east. This group of people apparently were those who were often associated uh, with the occult activities. However, among them were those who evidently had an understanding of the Old Testament scriptures, including God's handiwork in the heavens. Now, what and how they understood that this star indicated the birth of God's Son isn't explained, but it clearly did. And I'm assuming that they would have known from the scriptures that this baby was, born, was to be born in the land of Israel. So to Jerusalem they travelled, and it would have taken them several months to get there. But what I want us to notice is this, that here were men, and how interesting, wise men. We know, of course, that they were wise in the sense that they were people involved in those kind of things. But all wise men and women and young people, if you think and certainly if you pray, will come to find the Saviour. Because there's a seeking Saviour. And the seeking sinner that seeks the seeking Saviour will come into the blessing of God's salvation. And here were men that were prepared to travel months and months and months across really wearying and difficult terrain to get to where the Saviour was. I wonder about you, my friend, today. Those of you who over the past 12 months have listened to these messages and we've told you about a Saviour that not only was born in Bethlehem but who died on Calvary for your sins, for my sins, in order that you might become his and that you might bless, be blessed with salvation, eternal life, the forgiveness of sins and a home in heaven. So are you seeking him today? If you genuinely are, you will find him because the Holy Spirit of God will guide you to him. But what I want us to notice is just a couple of things about this. I want to talk about the gifts in a minute. But I'm thinking now about these men and how they came. It was the heavens. You see, the heavens declare the glory of God. 
and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth knowledge, etc., etc. You remember the psalm speaks of that. And as we behold creation, the world, this earth, the unimaginable skill could only have been the handiwork of God. Our human bodies, we've talked about this before. For anyone to think that this is evolution or this is some other higher power is just utterly ridiculous. And when we think of our earth, and this earth has been cursed because of sin, what was it before that? Amazing. Absolutely amazing. And when we look at the heavens, we discover God's immense power, infinite wisdom, his omnipotence, his omniscience, his omnipresence, his Godhead. And we should bow humbly at his feet and recognize that the wonder of it all is that God, the God of creation, sent his only begotten Son into the world, not to judge it, But as that lovely scripture tells us, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Have you got that, my friend, this morning? Have you come into the good of that? Well, these wise men travelled a long way to see the Saviour of the world. You just need to open your Bible. You just need to look into the internet and read it there if you haven't got a a Bible. And you just need to listen to some of the messages, not because of me, but in spite of me, perhaps. You've at least heard God's word from time to time, and you've heard the way of salvation. Have you come? Have you bowed at his feet? Have you acknowledged you're a sinner? Have you received him as your very own and personal saviour? That's the only way to heaven. I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me, said the Lord Jesus. So here these wise men, they come. We think, don't we, often at this time of the year about Bethlehem and that there was no room for him in the inn and there's still no room for him in this world and our country has turned away from him having had the gospel of God's grace presented over centuries. And there is an even more determined and wicked departure from our precious Bibles and from the truths in them and from the person the Bible speaks about, God's lovely Son, the Lord Jesus. We often think of Luke's Gospel and how that there was no room for him in the inn, but there was something even worse in Matthew's Gospel. Because as soon as Herod the king had heard about this king born, this born king, God's son, what did he do? He sent out his army to kill all the children in the area around Bethlehem two years and under because he would not have that king to reign. I wonder about you. Are you opposed to the truths that we've sought to teach and 
and present over the last 12 months or so? What a terrible thing that was. But then I want you to come with me now as the, as the star leads those men from Jerusalem to where the Saviour was. Now, I'm not going to go into the fact that it, you know, that it was wherever it was. Some people say it was Nazareth. Some people say it was Bethlehem. Well, I think it was Bethlehem because these, these two would have come back year by year to Bethlehem because in Jerusalem was the feast of Passover and they would have come back year by year and they would probably have come to Bethlehem and stayed in Bethlehem and then they uh, they would have gone to, at least Joseph would have gone to Jerusalem to keep the Passover. But I don't know, that doesn't really matter. The important thing was that this star led them and if you're willing and ready, there will be, and I trust that I have been a little tiny part of that, just leading you to where the Saviour is. And when they came in, they saw the baby and Mary. Not Mary and the baby. The Lord Jesus is the preeminent one. And they didn't worship Mary, and neither did they worship Joseph, like some parts of the so-called Christian religion do. No, they worshipped the baby. They worshipped God manifest in flesh. We must only worship divine persons, not human beings, like Mary and Joseph were simple human beings. Well, the Lord Jesus took on human form <clears throat> and became a man became a baby there in Bethlehem. God with us. God was manifest in the flesh. And they worshipped him. And they opened their treasures. Everything that they had. Their treasures. And they presented to him. What did they present to him? Gold. Gold because of his deity. Gold because they understood who he was. Gold because that was fit for a king. They opened their treasures and they gave him that appreciation, that understanding, that little grasp that they had, small as it was perhaps. But they appreciated who it was. that was there in their midst. Do you understand that the saviour of the world, the one who can deal with your sins and take you to heaven is none other than God, but he became flesh in order that he might be a mediator between God and men, himself man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all. But they also presented to him frankincense. Frankincense was a white powder that was used in sacrifice. And it was that which spoke of the perfect life of this one who had not long been born. And that was his life, wasn't it? Everything about him was absolutely pure, 
absolutely holy, absolutely sinless, because it was only a sinless Saviour that could deal with my sins and yours. He took my judgment because he was utterly and absolutely perfect. The lamb of sacrifice on the, in the Passover had to be without blemish and without spot. It had to be pure. Well, of course, they could only discern how pure it was externally when they made that offering of the lamb. But my Bible tells me this, that the lamb of God that took my sins away was not only spotless and pure, but he was without blemish and without spot. In other words, in externally and internally, there was nothing, nothing of impurity or defilement. He was perfect and utterly so. And that sacrifice was accepted by God on account of my sins and yours. He had no sin of his own. He who knew no sin was made sin for us in order that we might be, become the righteousness of God in him. What a wonderful thing that is. So there was gold, his deity. The frankincense spoke of the perfect life that he would live. And the myrrh, while well, myrrh was used in burial, in death, speaking of his death, these people whether they fully understood what they were doing is unlikely, but obviously the Spirit of God was all in all of this. And the myrrh was pointing forward to 33 or so years later when he would give his life a ransom for my never-dying soul. So at this time of the year, as we think of giving and receiving gifts, let us first of all remember this, that God so loved the world that he gave. And what did he give? He gave his only begotten Son. That whosoever, and that means you, that means me, you can put your name there this morning, that whosoever, whoever believes on him, rests their souls upon him, will not perish. That is not the cessation of being. It's the cessation of well-being. And I don't want to go into that. But it means to say that you would be separated from God forever and ever. The God who loves you. The Christ who died for you. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's the gift of God. And says Romans chapter 6, the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's the wonderful truth about giving. Our giving pales in insignificance to that. But they did. They gave. They opened their treasures and they gave everything that they had, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Well, there's a 
there's a carol that says about us giving, doesn't it? If I were a shepherd, I would bring a lamb. If I were a wise man, I would do my part. But what does he require of me? That I might give him my heart. Have you given him your heart? Have you received Jesus as your Lord and Saviour? Have you made him your very own? Is he more important to you than anything else? That's the Christian position. And this morning I just want to encourage you at this time of the year when we think of giving and receiving gifts, God gave his only son for me upon the tree, Calvary. Have you given him your heart? (laughs) He deserves your heart and your life. Dear friend this morning, and those of us who love him, we're glad to give him afresh our hearts every day because we love him more than anything else. And one day we're going to be with him. So at this time of the year, I just want to say to everyone, thank you for listening to these messages over the past year. God bless you. May you have a really lovely day tomorrow and over this Christmas period. Trust that those who are sad and grieved because perhaps last year or maybe a few years ago your spouse was with you and is no longer with you or maybe you've lost another close relative. May the Lord just give you peace at this time. May he comfort your heart and encourage you Dear fellow Christian this morning, whatever your circumstances might be, and may it be that at this time, when we think of giving and receiving, every one of us that listens to these messages, this is my prayer day by day, that you will come into the good of what God has done and what he has given in the person of his Son. May God bless you at this Christmas time, A happy Christmas to you all and a blessed new year if the Lord Jesus hasn't come before. May he graciously bless you in the days that lie before. God bless you all.